want you to worry about mom and daddy. Okay, now put your eyes on who? What a beautiful time of praise. That was praising from the heart, I believe. What a gorgeous sound here, those children learning to praise and worshiping their wonderful Heavenly Father. Well, it's Easter Sunday morning. What a great day to celebrate a beautiful baptism, the picture, the picture of Easter. This is Landry Bell Perkins, the daughter of Aaron and Jen Perkins. 
A little over six years ago, Mignon and I received a phone call, and it was from Aaron, and he said, y'all better come on to Longview because Jen is in labor. And so we loaded up, and we, we came to Longview, and we got to see this beautiful young lady be born. This past Wednesday, I received a phone call from Landry Bell herself, and she said, Poppy, would you, would you baptize me on Easter Sunday morning? And I got eyes full of tears, Mignon and I rejoicing. I thought, you know, we got to see her born. And this morning, the picture of her rebirth. What a joyful time this is for us. Raised in a family who taught her how to love the Lord and then eventually to make the decision to follow him. And I, I was thinking about this this morning that, you know, you can have kids that excel in all kinds of things, sports or academics or whatever, but the greatest thing they'll ever do is this right here, following Jesus Christ. I, I, I want to do something real quickly. If you've had any opportunity to ever teach Landry Bell in Sunday school, maybe the academy and choir or whatever, would you stand? Thank you all for being a part of her life and for teaching her. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So when it, Landry Bell asked me to do this this Wednesday, I asked her this question. So Landry Bell, you invited Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Savior. And you're going to make him the Lord of your life. And right now we're going to follow him through believer's baptism. And what a privilege this is for me. So Landry Bell, you are not only one of my precious 19 grandchildren, but you are also now one of my young daughters, my young sisters in Christ. And so I want to baptize you right now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. Amen.
Maybe it's your first time with us. We'd love to see you at our information desk on your way out. You'll go in the foyer, take a right. You'll run right into it. We've got a little gift for you. Would love to chat with you just for a minute at that point, okay? Let me invite you to close your eyes, bow your head. Let's go into a moment of prayer together. And I want to ask you to take a moment and just think about what this day means for your life. It is a day of rejoicing, 
a day of celebration because he is alive. And I want to give you a moment to pray. What does this mean for your life? Matthew 28, 5 and 6. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, but he is not here, for he has risen as he said. First Peter 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So pray and say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done for me. Thank you, Lord, for the blood that you shed, and thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for the hope and the peace and the joy that it gives my life. Pray in your heart, Lord, thank you for your many, many blessings. Listen, that's what we celebrate today. Lord, we come to you, and we are so grateful, grateful to be here. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for what it means to each one of us. Lord, I thank you for each individual who's come this morning to be a part of this service and a part of this celebration. I pray that you will bless God, that you will use this service in the life of every single one of us in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you care for us, that you desire us. You care about our needs and our struggles. Lord, with that in mind, I ask that you would be with, Lord, Miss Donnie and Maddie, that you would give them answers that they're seeking, strengthen their bodies. Lord, for Brother Dave and Brother Gary Don, Miss Laquita, Katie Sokin and Casey and Rusty, Lord, I pray that you will strengthen their bodies today. God, give them a, a good day, an extra dose of energy. Lord, bless them and their families in a mighty way. Brother Ray and Mark Wilson as they go into surgery coming up. Pray that you'll be with the doctors, the nurses, all who will be taking care of them. Pray that everything goes well. And we're going to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And Lord, I pray you'll be with the Lassen family in their time of grief. Wrap your arms around them, we ask, Lord. Let them to feel your peace. And now for this service, Lord, it's all about you. We're here to honor you. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, wonderful music team. I pray that you will bless them, use them. Let us to sing your praises with all of our hearts. And Lord, as Brother Charles comes to preach, I pray that you will use him, speak through him. Let our hearts to be open, response, God, ready to respond to every way that you lead us. I pray that you will receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. It's in the name of Jesus we pray all of this. Amen. Let's say our scripture together. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Romans 6, 5.
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this awesome day, this amazing day that we come into your house to celebrate, to praise, and to worship what you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, that he came here voluntarily, Lord, freely, and gave his life for all of our sins. Lord, for all of our sins. But Lord, we celebrate today your resurrection. Lord, your, your ability to give us everlasting life, Lord. But here's the key where we have to believe. We have to believe. Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and that saving grace. Lord, we pray for those that are sick. Lord, those that are in need of your comfort right now. Lord, those that have lost loved ones, Lord. We pray that you'd wrap your arms around them. The Holy Spirit would, would, would be with them and give them comfort and love, Lord, during this time. We pray for this offering, Lord, that you continue to use the offering, Lord, for your will. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Father truly love us? He does. Does the Spirit move among us? And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those he loves? He does. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He does. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone called? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, the conquer the grave. He is David's root and the last to die to rest on the slave. From every people and tribe, every nation and
have we taken the offering yet? Let's do it again. Amen. <laughs> oh, my soul, have mercy. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this morning. We've been in a series, let's talk about Jesus for the last six weeks. And this day we talk about the day that has changed the entire world. I uh, read a story about a man who accidentally ran over the Easter bunny. <laughs> Killed him. Dead. A lady stopped to help and she sprayed a can all over the Easter bunny and the rabbit got up and he... He'd run five feet and he'd turn around and wave. He'd run five feet and he'd turn around and wave. He'd run five feet, turn around. The whole time he was leaving them there, he was running five feet and he'd turn around and wave. The guy went over to the lady and said, ma'am, ma what did you spray on that rabbit, on that bunny? She said, well, the can says restore life to dead hair and adds permanent wave. Y'all are much better than that earlier crowd I had today. <laughs> I had to explain what a hair was. <laughs> uh, <I'm, laughs> thank you for being here this morning on this great, great day. Every day is resurrection day for a child of God. But this day, man, I tell you, the Holy Spirit is present in this place. And I'm just thankful to be able to be here in this pulpit and preach to you. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 3. Would you stand, please, and honor God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Bible says, For I have delivered unto you first of all that which I have also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And after that he was seen of of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James and then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. For I'm the least of the apostles, that I'm not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Uh, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Father, thank you this morning. My, my, my. <laughs> we have been so blessed with this great music. We've been blessed to be in a place of beauty, We've been blessed to have a beautiful day. Now, Lord, I, I, I just humbly come to you. Lord, I, I know. I, I know not everybody is thrilled to be here this morning. I know there's some that they just wish this thing would hurry up and get over. But, oh, God, I pray the Holy Spirit of God would capture my thoughts. Amen. And that what I say out of my mouth, would glorify you and honor you. And I pray, God, that when the word is spoken, that you'll penetrate hard hearts. Hearts that, Lord, uh, don't want anything to do with you right now. But, oh, God, those of us who know you know there's going to come a day when all that's going to change. 
And oh God, I pray your spirit would draw people today to you on this Easter Sunday morning. We'll praise you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The resurrection is the centerpiece of our faith. The one thing that separates Christianity from all other religions is the fact that our Lord is alive. He rose again the third day. Abraham was the founder of Judaism. He died and he was buried. Buddha is a key figure in Buddhism, but he's dead. Muhammad, the key figure of Islam, but he's dead. Confucius is a key figure of Confucianism, but he's dead. Joseph Smith is a key figure of Mormonism, but he's dead. Abraham, uh, Hinduism has no single founder, but every one of the prominent leaders of Hinduism are dead. Uh, the only thing that is alive, the only person that is alive is in Christianity. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And his death pictured on Friday and the burial and the resurrection Sunday are glorious for the child of God. You're here this morning. You've been saved. There's nothing more thrilling in this world to know that you're going to be absent in this body and to be present with the Lord. Nothing more serious than that. But I want to tell you, if you're here this morning and you don't have Jesus, you're going to be left behind. I'm not going to cut any bait away. I'm going to just tell you the truth. You're going to be left behind. Now, there's no one that God wants to leave behind. It's his will. None perish, but all come to life. That's what the will of God is. So let me just give you three things. I know the ham's cooking and we're ready for lunch already. Let me give you just three quick things here. Number one, he came all the way down. Our Savior came all the way down. When we talk about Jesus, he didn't need to come in order to see what the problem was. He already knew what the problem was. Sin had separated mankind from a holy and righteous God. And so he already knew he didn't need that. Verse 3 says, I received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He voluntarily came down. Sometimes what a person has done is only significant because of who that person is. I mean, if Brother Aaron called me this morning and said, I want to tell you happy Easter. And I told you that, you say, well, that's good. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's sweet. But if Billy Graham called me this morning and said, Happy Easter. Now, some of you know Billy's been dead a couple of years. You'd spit your teeth out, wouldn't you? Amen. Yeah, it, it depends on what he's done. I, I, uh, the story of Jesus has no real beginning and no ending. It is forever and forever. If, if you will, in eternity past, before the foundation of the world, there Jesus came into the world. 1 Timothy 1.15 says Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. John 3.17, we love to quote John 3.16, tremendous verse. But listen to what 3.17 says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. John 10, 10, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. When Christ came, nobody pushed him over the edge. Nobody said, it's your duty. You've got to do this. Christ came voluntarily. He came all the way down. But he also has some deeds. Uh, those who looked at Jesus uh, acknowledged his perfection. Have you thought about Judas? 
I mean, Judas, yeah, oh yeah, we think about Judas. He betrayed the Lord. That's terrible. But do you remember what Judas said? He said, I betrayed innocent blood. Judas knew who Jesus was. You remember Pilate? Not one time, not two times, but three times. Pilate comes out and says, I find no fault in him. He knew, he knew who Jesus was. Pilate's wife said, don't have anything to do with this just man, the thief on the cross. He told his other friend, you, we, we, we're the ones that are the killers and murderers. This man's done nothing. He's done nothing. The Roman centurion at the end surely said this, surely this was a righteous man. <laughs> I read about that preacher that asked a rhetorical question. That means you ask a question, but you're not expecting anybody to give an answer. All right? One old boy, after the preacher asked this question, he said, has anybody in this building ever met a perfect man? One old man raised his hand in the back. He said, I've never met him, but I've heard a lot about him. And the preacher said, well, who was it? He said, it was my wife's first husband. I, I read that now, I'm, I'm, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you, all jokes aside, there's only been one perfect man, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Ever walk on this earth, he was the God-man. He was all God, yet he was all man. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, him who knew no sin became sin. Hebrews 4.15, tempted as we are, he said, yet without sin. Hebrews 7.26, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Never a sinful thought, never a sinful deed, never a wayward motive, never a lustful glance or a wicked attitude. For 33 and a half years, he lived a life of perfection on the face of this earth. And he did it for us. And then it was a, a, a vicious death. Voluntary deeds, but it was vicious. You, you won't ever understand the life of Jesus until you learn something about the death of Jesus. 1 Peter 3.18 said, Christ has suffered for our sins once for all, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Paul said that, Jesus humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. See, it was, it was at Calvary that the trip all the way down was fulfilled. It was at Calvary. If he would have stopped before Calvary, he wouldn't have come all the way down. If you're going to look for Jesus now, you're going to have to look low because Jesus was God. And came all the way down to be a sacrifice for our sin. It started with a prayer in Gethsemane's garden. But that wasn't the bottom of the ladder. It continued with a betrayer's kiss. The Bible said Satan had entered Judas and he was still a pawn. There's a painful denial by one of his own. Peter said, I never knew him. I don't know what y'all talking about. I don't know him. Even curse. And then there's a brutal arrest and a mockery of trials throughout the night that was filled with injustice and illegality. But that's not the bottom of the ladder. They stripped his robe and mocked him with a purple one. They, they beat him with a reed and set it in his hands and they beat him about the face and spat upon him. They bowed down 
in mockery. But that wasn't the bottom of the ladder. There was a flogging with the cat of nine tails. Many people died under that, but not our Lord. And that's not the bottom of the ladder. There were insults and there were cries of ridicule. There was a crown of thorns and, and, and the cross. But even that's not the bottom of the ladder. Greater than the emotional pain, greater than the physical pain, literally Jesus suffered under the weight of sin and the wrath of God. Wow. He cries out like a sinner. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? In a finite time, Jesus took an infinite wrath of God and substituted you and I for him. He becomes the thing that he despises the most. That he might save the bride that he loves so dearly. Mm. You see him. You're going to have to look way down. He came all the way down. <laughs> but let me tell you, he went all the way in too. He came all the way down and he went all the way in. Silent Saturday, they call it. I call it sad Saturday. It's often overlooked. The burial of Christ is in the redemption story. But he, he was buried as a sign. What was the sign? A sign that he was dead. He's dead. Magazine Christianity Today, I, I don't read it much anymore because it's gone nuts, but many years ago, there used to be an article in Christianity Today called Dear Eutychus. It was like an Ann Landers or a Dear Abby. And uh, one day, uh, the letter read this, Dear Eutychus, our pastor said on Easter Sunday that Jesus just swooned on the cross and that the disciples nursed him back to health. What do you think? And it was signed, bewildered. And incidentally, this swoon theory is very popular in the country today with liberal theologians. Jesus didn't die. He just fainted. Well, Eutychus wrote back and said this, Dear bewildered, I suggest that you beat your pastor repeatedly with a cat of nine tails Nail him to a cross with large nails, hang him in the sun for six hours, run a spear through his heart, embalm him, put him in an airless tomb for 36 hours, and see for yourself what happens. <laughs> Listen, folk, our Lord didn't faint. He died. He died. He was buried as a sentence and a sign. The thing, I, I don't know, just think with me just a moment. That you're, you've got a family here, and, and the daddy's got tears running down his eyes. And he calls his family around, and he said, let, let, let's just have one more group hug. Let's have one more group hug. And, and mama says, honey, what's wrong with you? He said, uh, baby, my healer is dead. He's in the tomb. He's dead. You remember, I'm the one that ran through the cemetery, cutting myself, naked, breaking chains, running wild. He said, my healer is in the grave. And by this time tomorrow, I expect I'll be back in that cemetery because my healer's dead. 
Think about that lady who had that little girl. And Jesus raised her. Don't you know if you had one of your children that you knew that probably today would be their last day of life, you would hug on to them and you wouldn't let go? And that little girl would have to say, Mama, Mama, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? She said, Honey, the one who raised you from the dead, they crucified him. They put him in a tomb. He's dead. And I'm afraid that you're not going to be alive tomorrow. I mean, think about that man sitting out on the front porch and he's just staring. He's just staring. His wife says, Honey, what are you staring at? He said, I'm just looking to that sunset. Because he said, the one that gave him my sight, he's dead. And I'm figuring this is probably going to be the last sunset I ever get to see. Wow. What a sad day on Saturday. He went to that tomb because it was a sign. I can't end it without talking about Lazarus. I imagine old Lazarus said, let's have one more meal. What do you mean one more meal? And Lazarus says, I want to tell you right, right now, Jesus is dead. He's in the tomb. And I'm looking not to live. And I want to tell you right now, you two sisters better not send nobody up there to get me either. You better leave me alone. Amen? Man, what a sad day. He was buried as a sign. He was buried as a sentence because the Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Somebody's got to die before it's been sacrificed. As Ezekiel said, the soul that sins shall surely die. Jesus is the only person that chose to die. A lot of folk have chosen when they were going to die or where they were going to die or how they were going to die. But Jesus chose whether to die. He voluntarily died. And then he was buried as a substitute. The substitutionary atonement for my sin and your sin. When they buried him in that grave, they buried my sins in there with him. When they hung him on that cross, that was our sin that nailed him to that cross. He was a substitute. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Paul said, God didn't appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross for us. 1 John 3, 16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. 1 Peter 3, 18, he died the just for the unjust. Jesus didn't just die in my place. He was buried in my place. Now, if you want to, we can drive down to Polk County out at a little church called Damascus. I've got a burial plot there. My wife says I'm not going to be buried there. <laughs> but it's bought and paid for. It's free. It's free, baby. It's free. <laughs> she said I'm not going to be buried out in the wilderness somewhere. But that's not my first burial place. My first burial place was with Jesus when they put him in that tomb. I was buried with him. If you've been saved, you've been buried with him. That's our scripture that we're memorizing this month. If we've been placed in, the, in death, we're going to be placed in the resurrection. When they placed him in that tomb, 
as a man who had just died under the wrath of God against sin, that grave was mine. The songwriter said it like this, I was guilty, nothing to say. They were coming to take me away, and then a voice from heaven was heard that said, let him go, take me instead. I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's son, took my place. I want to tell you, he came all the way down. He went all the way in. <laughs> but he got all the way up. All the way down, all the way in, but he got all the way up. <laughs> I, I'll have some yoo-hoo every once in a while. Uh, Brother Charles, is Woodland Hills a full gospel church? They all think we're crazy. And I'd say, well, why wouldn't it be? I mean, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Why wouldn't it be a full gospel church? Well, y'all don't bark like dogs, and y'all don't jump aisles. No, we ain't got nobody able to do that. <laughs> Sometimes I even think we ain't got people able to clap on rhythm. You know, we, I'm not sure we ought to all do all of that. But I'm telling you, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nothing added, nothing taken away. You add anything to it, it becomes works. It ceases to be grace and a gift of God. From the birth of the church until now, the message of Christianity has been emphatically simple. Jesus died on a cross for our sins, was buried, and rose again the third day, and is coming back again for his children. That's the resurrection. <clears throat> now, Paul come up, you know, people try to make this thing difficult. It's real simple. See if you can stay with me. If there's no resurrection, there's no hope. You understand that? Now, there's another option. If there is resurrection, there's eternal hope. Lasts forever. But there's no option. I mean, there is either no resurrection, and Jesus is a fraud and a fake, or there is a resurrection, and he's a king of kings and lord of lords. But there's nowhere in the middle you can go. He either is or he's not. Now, we, we haven't read it because I don't want to take the time to do all that. But let me just point them out to you beginning in verse 12. Paul gives us some sad, sad circumstances of no resurrection. He said, first of all, in verse 12 and 13, if there's no resurrection, our leader's dead. The one we're praying to, he's dead. He's dead. Huh. Y'all got dressed up for nothing this morning. If there's no resurrection, he's dead. If there's no resurrection, verse 14, our preaching's absolutely worthless. Folk, I've preached some worthless sermons before. <laughs> Many of them. But I'm telling you, there's never been a sermon you've heard that's worth a dime if there's no resurrection. Then he says in verse 14, without the resurrection... Uh, our faith is in vain. The atheists are right. There's no purpose in your life if there's no resurrection. There's no purpose for your life. Then in verse 15, he said, without the reservation, we're a bunch of lying false witnesses. We need to apologize to, to all these other cults that we've been saying they're false because we're just lying like they are. Then in verse 16 and 17, 
He says, if there's no resurrection, you're on your way to hell and there's no alternative. And then he said in verse 18, all of your loved ones who have died are already in hell right now. And then he said in verse 19, if there's no resurrection, you of all people are most to be pitied. So sing your saddest songs. Buy the best casket you can. Because if there's no resurrection, there's nothing but grief. In the Fuji Islands, they have a ritual when someone dies. The uh, closest one to them, family or, or friend or whoever the closest one to them is, they go to the highest part of that island and they climb a cliff and then get up on a tree, go as high as they can. And the ritual says that when they get up there as high as they can, everybody else is standing around. They begin to holler, come back, come back, come back, please come back. No one ever comes back. Tears, grief, because they're just gone. You can believe all of what Paul has said here. It's all the truth. Or... You can just kind of camp out at verse 20 if you want to. I love that first word, but. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of those that slept. He got up. He got up visibly. People ask me, you think we're going to visibly be resurrected? I think we're going to be resurrected just like the Lord. They all noticed his body. Cephas knew who he was. More than 500 at one time knew who he was. Yeah, we're going to be resurrected bodily. I think it's going to be a glorified body. Going to weigh about 250 and be bald-headed. I mean, it's going to be a perfect body. He did it visibly. And then last, let me just close with this. He got up victoriously. He's not defeated. Death, where's your sting? You're not there. Listen, we don't serve a dead Savior. We don't have old dead faith. He's alive. And because he's alive, we'll live forever. We need to give a short message to the devil this morning. You're real short. You don't win. You don't win. You may be sitting here this morning... Man, you've been mad at something all your life. and You've been in bondage. Listen, you come to Jesus and the devil don't win. You may be here this morning. You, you need healing. The healing's only going to come through Jesus. I'm not telling you he heals everybody, but I do believe he heals some. I believe in the healing power of Jesus. Day one, he came all the way down. Died for me. Day two, he went all the way in, in that grave for me. And day three, he got all the way up from the dead for me. The story is told of an African Muslim who became a Christian. And his Muslim brothers got with him and said, Hey, man, why did you change your religion and become a Christian? This is what he said. He said, well, it's like this. Suppose you were going down the road and suddenly the road forked in two different directions. And you didn't know which way to go. 
But there were two men there at the fork. One of them was dead and one of them was alive. Which one of them would you listen to? I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is alive. And the one that's whispering to you who need to be saved, I, you don't, you got plenty of time. Listen, don't you listen to that. You better listen to the one who's alive this morning. Father, you know every one of our hearts. You know what we came in dragging in here with bondage. Lord, it's not your desire that we leave here with that. It's your desire that we be healed, that we be saved, that we be, Lord, justified freely. I pray this morning, on this Easter Sunday morning, that your will would be done in every life that's right here. Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, would you save people today? Maybe there's some in this place that needs a church home. Lord, on this day would be a tremendous day. Maybe there's some families here that just need to take each other by the hand or a husband and wife. You say, you know, we... We've been living, but we hadn't lived like Jesus is alive. And we, we, we help us, God, to do that. Lord, would you just have your way? Send the power of the Holy Spirit down, that Pentecostal power that only you have. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together? Our staff will be here and myself. We'll meet you if you'll come. Come on. Anyone else?
Stay standing. I'm not going to keep you but a minute. The ham's almost done. First time guest, don't forget, go to the Connection Center. Got a gift for you there. Tonight uh, is uh, one service in the Grand Hall. It's our, we have Lord's Supper, candlelight, time of testimony and music. It's just a sweet service. Uh, so I hope you'll be in there at 6 o'clock. Uh, April 19th coming up is a Connection class. If you're here this morning, you're a visitor. And you wonder how in the world this church operates that's about as close a thing as you're going to ever find out right there uh, and they'll they'll help you with that uh, Wednesday if you're coming here to the Bible study Wednesday it's not going to be here uh, we'll eat over in the uh, Grand Hall and then we'll go to the campus at Mason Creek our children are doing the associational Bible drill we're excited about that so uh, we'll we'll leave here and everyone will go to Mason Creek and we'll watch those kids uh, handle the Bible. We're thankful for that. Uh, Hilltoppers Tuesday, forget what you see in the bulletin. Uh, we're, we're going to meet at 10 o'clock, not 11, 10 o'clock at entrance B, okay? Hilltoppers, that's anybody over 50, 55, you come go with us. Uh, we're going to see the Blue Bonnets. They're very, very good this year. And so we're going to see them in Ennis, a couple hour drive up there, have a country dinner and drive around and look at the Blue Bonnets and then be back that afternoon. And we'll be traveling on a beautiful new tour bus that after three years and one month, we have, all right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh, help us, Lord. And then the last thing, uh, the academy. Uh, the, the, the singers you saw here this morning were from the academy uh, there, the young girls. Uh, our charity golf tournament is uh, April 28th. It's a Friday afternoon. Uh, guys, uh, well, uh, I don't want uh, to say that. Uh, <laughs> let me just put it this way. If you were a member of another church, you ought to support that church. You're a member at Woodland Hills. This whining about we're a poor church, there's a Greek word for that. It's hogwash. <laughs> Our Father owns everything. And there are more than 50 businesses represented in this church in some form or fashion. We sat down in staff meeting. We've got a black book with your name in it. <laughs> and the only way to get blotted out of that back black book is to say, hey, I'm going to sponsor a hole in that golf tournament. Or I'm going to be a bronze or a silver or a gold. Get a golf team together, have fun. We're going to have a blast. The kids are going to be there cooking and serving food on every other hole in the entire golf. It's going to be better than any golf tournament you've ever been to. And uh, so help us with that, please. Our goal is to raise $50,000 in that golf tournament. So help us with that. Uh, we're going to start calling you this week. It'd be a whole lot easier if you went ahead and called the office and, you know, we wouldn't have to hunt you down with a 
uh, a, a posse, all right? All right, well, praise the Lord. Uh, Russell, come here if you would. Russell, come stand with him too, Bob, would you? Oh, have you got some? Zach, where you at, Zach? Okay, here you go. Come on down, Zach, and your wife. I'm sorry, I didn't know, I didn't think about that. You know what else I didn't think about either last week? I didn't see her uh, until we were leaving, but Miss Gloria Williams is back with us. I didn't see her last week, but I, I saw her this week. We've been praying for her, and uh, praise the Lord that she's back with us. I appreciate this. This is Russell Pack. He's coming from a sister church, wants to be a part of Woodland Hills. How do you receive him? Amen. All right. That's about the best boat you're going to get right now. That's a, it goes downhill from there, all right? All right, come by give him the right hand of Christian fellowship. I love to tell the story. T'will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Brother Story, lead us in our closing prayer, please, sir.